How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into an entire month of doing this daily, every single day. Today is day 30. I cannot be more proud, prouder for myself, to be honest. I don't think I've ever committed. I have, actually, a long time ago. This really reminds me, this commitment I'm, I'm applying to this really reminds me of just how passionate I was about trying to get out of being an introvert and becoming an, an extrovert. And I took that like hardcore every single day, try to do something different to get myself out of that. I will be talking about that eventually, but today's podcast is going to be a special one. Uh, I figured uh, today is the 4th of July. So uh, also happy independence day to every single person out there. If you're an American listening, um, Today is a very important day, you know, for for us. It's a time to remember what it means to be an American, to reflect on on where we're at and how we can improve as a country. And I hope those are the those are the the way people think about Independence Day. Um, this is a this was a huge day, you know, when when our founding fathers pretty much committed treason and told King George to, you know, hey. Peace out. We're 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 heading out of here. <laughs> You're no longer ruling over us, and he wasn't having anything uh, with that. And so, essentially, we went to war, and with the help of the French, we we ended up winning the war. But um, it is it is a good point to to enjoy, have fun, you know, be safe. Uh, fireworks shows are gonna be going off everywhere. They've been going off actually for the last two weeks in my neighborhood. Um, and it's been like that. I've read on the news, actually. It's been like that all over the country. For some reason, people have been lighting fireworks like crazy. Um, it personally doesn't bother me, but I know for some other people, especially people that served in the military and for pets and, and some people that have children that have sensitive hearing, that it's uh, anyone with PTSD, just it, it wasn't right for them. So I feel bad for those people to have to suffer through that. But essentially... Um, you know, what I've been telling friends is that, you know, outside of just using this time to just have fun and shoot fireworks and have fun, get drunk and hang out with friends to really take the time to, you know, understand a little bit more about what it means to be an American and how we can be uh, better versions of ourselves. But this podcast isn't about that because today marks another special day, actually, this is a personal uh, day, actually, and she's probably going to hate the fact that I'm going to be making a podcast about her. But you know what? Uh, it's my 30th podcast. It's also... Um, it's our anniversary. It's me and my wife's anniversary today. Uh, so I proposed to her on July 4th, and she said yes. And this was five years ago, so we've been married officially five. So officially, July 8th is when we got um, married. But I consider July 4th, honestly, to be, like, on paper, it's the 8th. But to me, our anniversary is the 4th, like our wedding anniversary. I wanted it to be on that day, but when I had proposed, um, I wanted to propose, you know, through fireworks and, you know, to get all everything all situated and all the paperwork done. And then I have witnesses for our wedding. Um, it took us a, a couple of days to get that all organized. And so officially on paper is the eighth. But to me and her, the fourth is just, you know, when, when we finally made it, made that commitment to each other. And it's been nothing but a wild ride with me and uh, my poor wife, honestly. She, her name's Catherine. I'm not going to go into too much details. I know she, um, likes to, to have a private life and I respect that wholeheartedly. Um, we are polar opposites. <laughs> I mean, honestly, on paper, everything about us except for maybe our nationality. So we're both Colombians technically, even though I was, I'm first generation American, but my mom is from Colombia and so was my birth father. And, um, my, uh, wife was born in Colombia. And so this podcast is going to talk a little bit about, the day that we met, some big choices that we made, and just where we're at now. And so, how we met. Well, I can think, or I can thank 
my cousin Angelo, um, he lived in, in Colombia at the time. He a uh, super smart kid. Um, he's probably one of the smartest people I know. And uh, it's really great to get to know. Um, he's a, you know, a musician. And he worked for uh, a company where essentially they were doing investigative work for businesses um, that were like for banks, pretty much. They were doing investigative work on, on high high level clientele for banks to see if they had any criminal background history and they did it all for different clientels throughout South America. And so uh, my cousin kind of was like the lead for his team for like the Spanish department. So anyone, I think in the Colombia region, actually, I'm not entirely sure. I need to ask Angelo what region he was really managing, but um, essentially on the day. So I was living in Colombia for up to about six months on the day that I met my wife and I had traveled from Bogota, originally the capital of Colombia to Santa Marta, which is a coastal city. And I still need to make a podcast talking about the crazy adventures there. Um, and essentially from there, I moved back to, to Bogota after my friends that I traveled with at the time, my best friends from America, they all had to go back due to personal reasons back to the States. And so, um, I made the commitment to myself that I was going to stay in Colombia. I wanted to see how long I could make it work out. My mom's from Colombia, so I have Colombian passports. So I can live out there for as long as I wanted to, technically. And so I wanted to kind of you know, establish my credit out there, try to see if I could get a job, try to see if I could live like a Colombian life. I drew inspiration because my younger brother did it probably six, seven years prior to me making that commitment. Uh, he didn't want to do it a second time around, and I couldn't blame him. He, round, he really wanted to get into the hospitality industry, so when he came back to the States... He focused on that. Now he's bartending out in New Zealand, which I think is super awesome. But uh, kudos to him. And speaking of my brother, the day that my brother had left, we when he w- made a decision to go back to the States, it was hard for me because it was me and him traveling to Colombia. My friends met up with us. My friends left. And then my brother stayed for a couple of weeks with me and then essentially made a decision to go back. And I didn't want him to leave. I wanted him to stay with me, but um, he really wanted to pursue the the hospitality industry. And so that night, me, my brother, and my cousin, Angela, uh, I was living with my aunt and my cousin in their apartment in my grandfather's apartment building that he built. And we we were like, you know, let's stay up all night. You know, let's, this is my brother's last night. And we just hung out. We had fun. We just did a whole bunch of random things, played some video games, watched some movies, really did some silly stuff. And the next day, my brother left. And I remember the day before, my cousin was telling me, hey, there's an anime convention I'm going to tomorrow. That Like, when your brother leaves, we should go. And I was like, yeah, for sure, but we're probably going to fall asleep. <laughs> we're probably going to fall asleep and because, you know, we're staying up all night. And he was like, that's fine. We'll just go later on throughout the day. And I was like, okay, for sure. And so my brother leaves, I go to bed, I wake up to my cousin saying like, hey, dude, we need to go. Like, if you really want to go to this anime convention, I have this girl I really want to meet over there. Uh, She's like this girl from my office I want to date. And uh, I'm inviting some other people from from my office as well. You should come with. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love anime and he loved anime as well. And so we went and it was really cool. It was it was awesome. The anime was it was a huge convention. And we got in and we were having a blast and I took, it was me and my cousin and then his little sister, who's also my cousin, uh, Loudon, we all went and uh, like while we were hanging out, two girls came from his office. One was the girl that he liked at the time. Her name was Jennifer. And then the second girl with her was... Catherine, my wife at the time, I didn't know who she was. I had no, no idea who she was. And so we were all chit chatting and just, uh, I was just getting to know her. And at the time I was like, you know, this girl's kind of cute, but I was actually at the time kind of talking back and forth with another girl that I had met maybe a couple of weeks prior to meeting my wife. But the problem with her was that she only spoke Spanish. That, that's not a problem. Excuse me. It wasn't a problem, <laughs> but when I weighed out who I wanted to end up dating eventually was i mean it made more sense to date my wife the other girl was more of a fling um 
and and I knew that that was the only reason. But at the time, I wasn't looking for commitment. I kind of was, but kind of wasn't at the same time. I was really just focusing on on establishing myself in Colombia. But I told myself, you know, if I met someone, sure, why not? You know, I'll start dating them. And so we're hanging out at the anime convention. We're having lunch together. So essentially when they came, when they arrived, we were already eating lunch. So we invited them and we all started talking at the table. And I asked, uh, I never met the girl that my cousin was interested about, but like he told me plenty of her at the time, you know, prior to meeting her. And he was like, don't mess this up. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to mess it up. I'm going to be a good wingman. (laughs) I'm a really good wingman. And so um, I was getting to know Jennifer and I was getting to know Catherine because she was kind of there as a third wheel. I kind of was there as a third wheel as well. And so I started picking her brain and when she was talking, her English was great. I was like, oh, this is cool. Awesome. And um Everyone there spoke English, which was great. My cousin spoke English. Jennifer spoke English. Catherine spoke English. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, a, little, um, a little thing about me when I was living in Colombia, my Spanish improved dramatically when I was living there. I lived there for about almost two years. and But i not going to lie. Every time, every opportunity I had where I could speak English, I spoke English. <laughs> I only used Spanish when I had to use it. And there were plenty of times I had to use it for sure. But anytime uh, I would, you know, bump into like expats or other people from or other people in Colombia that spoke English, I would just default to English always. And I was always I would always use the excuse like, hey, let me help you with your English. <laughs> but anyways, but my wife's English was perfect. And I ended up finding out that she spoke four languages, three and a half. She'll claim three and a half, but I, I want to say four languages. So she spoke Spanish, of course, she spoke English. And when I asked her what other two languages she spoke, she was like, oh, I speak Portuguese. I use that for work. Um, and I was like, oh, really? She was like, yeah, I manage like the investigative work for um, the, Brazil, like, the Brazil area. So like I do all the investigative work for people in Brazil and, and people in Brazil speak Portuguese. And I was like, oh, cool. And she was like, and I speak uh, German a little bit. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. I was like, why Portuguese and German? She was like, well, I just, uh, I studied modern languages in university. And I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, because and, uh, I reflected on the fact that most people in America only speak one language. <laughs> like it's very rare that you meet someone that speaks two languages. When you hear someone speak three, four languages, you're like, mind blown but the funny thing is is like almost in any other country outside of america there are a lot of people that speak more than two languages but for some reason americans just don't enjoy learning languages i don't know why too because speaking different languages is actually really cool like being able to engage with different people especially if you love to travel if you enjoy traveling and you don't appreciate speaking a new language or trying to acquire a new language i don't know what's going on there but anyways so we're chit-chatting and going back and forth. I'm like, wow, this girl's really um, engaging. There's something about her that she's kind of shy as well, but not really if, you know, when you get to talk to her. And, and I noticed that every time I would say a joke, you know, other people at the table would kind of laugh or not laugh. And some of my jokes can be cheesy, but she laughed at a majority of them. And I was like, oh, okay, the first sign of, of someone that might find of interest of me. <laughs> but anyways, I had... Uh, Still, I, I knew the best thing I could do was not spend too much time with them. And especially like this day was for my cousin. Like he he came with an objective. He was like, you know, I want to start dating this Jennifer girl. And this is like me taking her out on a date. And I didn't know who Catherine was. And it would have been weird to ask her to hang out with me and my, my little cousin. And so those three went off and they, they did their own thing. They were like, this convention was so massive. And me and my little cousin, we went and did our own thing as well. And we were just going around. At the end of the day, we met up with each other and um, when the convention was coming to an end and we wanted to play paintball and as we were waiting to play paintball, I was telling my little cousin, I was like, hey, that girl's kind of cute, right? And she was like, yeah, she's cute. And she was like, why do you think, uh, and my little cousin knew that I was kind of like a womanizer, um, especially when I was single. And um, I asked my cousin, uh, Angela, I was like, Hey, you know, how's things going between you and Jennifer? He was like, they're going great. I was like, Oh, that's great to hear. I was like, Hey, tell me a little bit about Catherine because Catherine was kind of hanging out with Jennifer and they were talking and he was like, no way, dude. 
And he, like, he hit me, and I was like, what, dude? He was like, I'm not going to let you ruin Catherine. She's an angel. And I was like, what, dude? I'm not going to do anything. And he was like, um, no, uh, she she singled, at, like, from what I know. Uh, he was like, I think she had a boyfriend, but I don't know. I don't think she does anymore. He was like, but she's really nice. She's a really great person, and she she's very caring. She likes to take care of people. And I was like, oh, that's a great quality to have as a person. And I was like, she's attractive, caring, engaging, smart. She speaks four languages. I was like, huh, okay. And I was like, hey, would you have a problem with me, you know, like hanging out with her? And he was like, no, but you got to promise me you're not going to like just date her for a second and then just like leave her. I was like, Angela, what the hell, dude? What do you, what kind of guy do you think I am, man? I was like, of course I'm not going to do that. Like if she's a great person, I'm not going to do that. And so... We we go back and we're we're waiting. There was like an indoor paintball area in this convention, and unfortunately, we were like waiting. There was a long line for people to play, and it was we were like the last group, and they had shut it down. And we we're like, darn. And so I'm speaking with Catherine. I'm talking to her. I was like, hey, this is a white lie, but she didn't know. I was like, hey, Catherine, I just I'm new into town, and um, I was wondering if because she was telling me about this, like I was asking her about like some really cool things to do in Bogota. And she was telling me about this like science center. And I was telling her how I love, how I love science. And she was like, Oh yeah, it's really close to where I live. And so I asked her, I was like, Hey, if you're open to it, I'm new to this area. Do you mind showing me around like that science center, like taking me there and, and show me around. And she was like, yeah, sure. So my intentions were to kind of get to know her a little bit more and, and see where that was going to go. Her intentions was just hundred percent. Just like, let me help this guy out. She was so innocent. She didn't know what my intentions were. And so we exchanged Facebook information. We landed on a Wednesday or I landed on a Wednesday with her. And so we go to this, uh, science convention and we meet up there and we're just hanging out. We're just having a blast just doing this like science convention thing. I'm not bringing up at all the whole attraction thing at all. I think I kind of tell her that it was a white lie that I'm not familiar with Bogota, but she was like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, this is really fun anyways. And so we did the whole science thing together. Um, and it was a really cool museum. And then at the very end, we did like there was like a theater, like a three a 360 dome theater that we did. And then at the very end, as we're leaving, in Bogota, it rains a lot, which is kind of unfortunate. <laughs> it drizzles. But it worked out for me, actually, because it, when we walked out, it started to rain. And it was still kind of mid-afternoon. And so she had an umbrella. I didn't. And so I was, <laughs> guys, if you ever need a justification for being close to a female, raining is perfect when it comes to umbrellas you're forced to have to get close to someone and no one's going to be mean especially if you're hanging out together to not let you get close and that physical like being so close to someone really allows people to really become more comfortable with you anyways um so i get underneath the umbrella and we're hanging out and lo and behold there's like a school of a grade school kids maybe an elementary school and they're with their their uh teacher and they're walking out of this museum as well and we're under the umbrella and we're leaving at, and some of these kids come up to us and in Spanish, they, they tease us. They're like, Hey, are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend? And me and Catherine looked at each other and we were like, what? No, uh, no, we're friends. And they were like, no, yeah, you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend. And we were like, no, we're not. What are you guys talking about? And there was like really cool stuff outside this museum. And, uh, that's why we were hanging out there for a little bit, like in the rain, because I wanted to check that out as well. I didn't know this area, even though Bogota is, is an interesting city. It's like New York city where it's very concentrated and it's like maybe like a 10 mile footprint of a city, but it's so congested with people that traffic is horrendous. So technically when there's no traffic to get from where my cousin lived to where Catherine lived or where this area was, was maybe a 10-minute drive, honestly. Really fast. You could get there super quick. But with traffic, oh, my God. It was like an hour and a half. And so I didn't want to deal with the traffic. And even from where we were, which was technically still close to her place, it still would have taken 30 minutes to get home. And so we were like, uh, traffic's kind of uh, bad, especially when it rains. I was like, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? She was like, yeah. And there was uh, in Colombia, 
one of the places where people like to hang out. I know this is so funny, but if you imagine, it was like this technically like 10 years ago. But one of the places where people like to hang out in, in Colombia are malls. And there are malls everywhere in Bogota where that industry is dying out here. Over there, they need it. I mean, oh, my God. That's like where everyone meets. There's plenty of things to do. Movie theaters, restaurants, everything's in a mall. So everyone goes there to meet. And so I was like hungry. I was like, are you hungry? She was like, yeah, let me. I was like, let me treat you out to eat, especially let's get away from those little kids. And so we go and eat and we're eating and I'm still getting to know her. And okay, so there's something I'm going to admit on this podcast and it's going to be super cheesy, but I had a background as, um, as a dating coach for quite so many years. Like I've helped countless uh, men and women with, with attraction issues, communication issues, and just any issues that they had when it came to attracting the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on their sexual orientation. And so I've had plenty of experience helping people out with this. I myself, that's how I got out from being an introvert to an extrovert was because at the time when I was younger, I thought being attracted to women was going to help me get out of my shell. And in my pursuit of perfecting who I was as a person and realizing my, my, uh, my potential that I had um, and how I it, like aspiring to always grow and chase new endeavors that I, I realized that it had nothing to do with women. It was more just my pursuit of just what, what made me happy at the end. Ultimately everything else would come to me, my wealth, my happiness, um, attraction and everything would just come to me eventually. And so when I realized this, it was great. Uh, I mean, I, I stayed as a bachelor for quite a while I enjoyed it. I did really well um, hanging out with friends and, and meeting people that I wanted to meet. And uh, it worked out great. And then at the same time, just uh, also teaching people too. And so when I was living in Colombia, I had just gotten done teaching for like a year and a half straight. And it was it was super fun. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't like to toot my horn too much about these things, but I got to the point... I invested thousands of hours into this field, thousands. I mean, honestly, I've broken it down to a science and maybe I'll make a podcast. Maybe one of the things for the month of July, I'll talk about an entire week of just the the step-by-step way I believe not like the way attraction works between two individuals. Maybe that's something you guys might want to listen to or hear about, at least from my perspective of it. But um. I, up to the point when I met Catherine, I was not shy to meet anyone. I don't care how attractive they were. If anything, attractive people were easier for me to, to approach because most of the time, a lot of people just aren't willing to approach people that are super attractive. And so you'll realize that those type of people are a lot easier to engage in conversation because they're just not used to it. And so when they see someone that's willing to kind of just go that extra mile and not shy away from some of the, the initial things that they'll say to you, you know, you can have a really engaging conversation with those people. And so it was weird as I was having this this date with Catherine, I've had plenty of dates with plenty of women prior to that. And I mean, tons and tons. I mean, I have references and friends that can, can vouch for that. But for whatever reason, I, like throughout the day, especially right when we were eating, I realized that I was like stuttering on what I wanted to say. And I felt kind of shy. I felt like my old self. It was weird. And I always remember telling myself that if there was ever a moment where I felt that lack of confidence that maybe I should really pick up on on this person and 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 get to know them a little bit better because I figured I always thought to myself that if I ever stumbled with someone it was probably because I was very attracted to them not just because physically but because just as a person they were just very attractive. And so I, I'm stumbling on myself and I'm, I'm like, okay. And one of the things uh, I realized that like, I was like, I can't allow this to happen because if I do, she's probably going to think I'm some kind of weird guy, especially when the pretense for her was like, we're friends. And for me, I was just trying to get to know her. I wasn't even trying to move forward with anything, honestly. And so I was like, okay, I need to like change the environment. I know that really to change uh, perspectives and and to change your mindset, you really need to change environment. So I told her, I was like, Hey, Let's keep hanging out. But I was like, is there like a bar or somewhere? Are you cool with like having drinks? I don't know if you have to go to work tomorrow or if you have to leave um, early. 
And she was like, no, we can grab some drinks. She was actually uh, right close to where I live. There's a, uh, in, in Latin America, there's areas called La Zona Rosa or the red zone. And generally that's the area where people like to congregate and hang out and, and socialize and drink. And there's plenty of bars and a lot of different things to do. And so I was like, okay, perfect. That's like my comfort area. It's like I could go to any bar, any club and just feel comfortable. That's like, I don't know, for some reason, that's just where I, for the longest time, I just met people a lot was just in those areas. Um, and my parents own multiple bars. And so like just being in that environment, just, I was able to kind of get myself back into my Zen. And so we go to a bar and I'll, I'm back at my groove. I'm like, perfect. Boom, boom, boom. Like we're hanging out, we're having drinks. I mean, I'm like talking to different people. We're having a blast. We're laughing. We're, we're dancing a little bit. And actually the first bar we went to, um, if you watch Narcos, um, the first season, the first episode where the DEA agents and the Colombian police murder all of those, uh, cartel people in that bar, that bar is the bar where me and Catherine had our first date. Technically, it wasn't a date, but first, first date. I'll cause like now we'll both kind of consider it a date because eventually what evolves from there. But uh, it was great. We even have like this cute photo of us still to this day. One of my favorite photos that we took together, where I'm wearing like this like some mini sombrero hat, and she is as well that they gave out at this bar. And uh, we just make like these cute duck faces and it just, we look so great in the photo. And uh, I'm surprised I even had a good cell phone at the time to take that kind of a photo. And we go from that bar. I was like, let's go bar hop because I know like I, this is like something that comes naturally to me, but I just know the science of it that generally when you change environments with people, they tend to, to develop more and more comfort with you. And the reason why is because generally when most people reflect on, on changing of environments, they generally think of them as different days because generally most people will go do one thing with someone and then leave. And then they'll meet up again and do one thing and then leave. So when you're able to break up different environments on the same day, when someone in the future reflects on that memory, it almost feels as if they've gone through multiple different dates with you, even though it was all done in the same day. And so I was like, okay, let's go from this bar. Let's go to the next one. Let's go hang out on another one. And so she was willing to hang out with me. We were having a blast. And we're at this, um, we're, we're hanging out. And I cannot believe I'm going to forget this girl's name now. She's not going to listen to this podcast. But when, uh, what the hell? How am I forgetting your name? It's been too long anyways. We haven't talked for quite some time. But when I was in Santa Marta, I lived at a party hostel pretty much the entire time, the six months there. And I, let's just say I, I did my bachelor's thing out there. And, um, but when I came to Bogota, I pretty much didn't know anyone. I only knew my family and maybe a couple people. Um, and so we're at the second bar and uh, me and Catherine are dancing when all of a sudden some girl puts her hands in front of my eyes, like from behind me. And I'm with Catherine and immediately I'm just like, no freak, darn it. I hope this is not someone I've, I've interacted with or, or done something with. And now they're going to see me with Catherine. It's going to make it awkward. Me and Catherine were just having a great entire day. And I turn around and lo and behold, it was this girl that used to work at the hostel there. And my brother had a fling with for a little bit when we were living in Santa Marta. And I was like, oh, okay. Woo. We're in the clear. Uh, and Catherine was like, who's this person? I was like, oh. And she was like, who's this? And I was like, oh, uh, well, the, what? I was like, first off, I was like, what are you doing here? We're like in a random bar in the biggest city in almost South America, literally 12 million people. It's like randomly bumping into someone in New York City and in the most random area. Not, we're not even in like, we're like in Queens somewhere, like in a random bar kind of area. And so... Um, she, I'm just like, at first I'm just like, I couldn't believe it. It's like really dark in this club that we're dancing at. And I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. What, what the hell? And so I ended up finding out that there was a guy that she was staying with in Bogota and he lived in the area too. And so they went out to this area, the Zona Rosa on a weekday of all places, all times. And so I was like, okay, cool. And so we all got to hang out for a little bit and then she went back off to do her thing. And then. 
finally I was like, okay, like this entire day with Catherine, I've gone up and down with just my emotional states with her. I don't know what's going on with her and her mind. I'm not even letting her know at, at this point, kind of like that I'm finding her attractive. Uh, I open up about like me being a dating coach and, and because we were inquiring throughout the day, like especially when we we're eating, I, I was opening up about a lot of different stories with her and she was just super comfortable with hearing all the, like the different stories I had to share. Some things that other people would probably be judgmental about, but like for her, she was just like open, open minded about hearing all this stuff. And then finally I was like, okay, in this moment, most guys, what they would do is they would just be like, Hey, this was fun. I'm going to drop you off at your parents or where you're staying. And then let's meet up again. But I knew that I need to let this girl know already what my intention was because I finally realized that this girl is just really cool and I want to get to know her. And I know that I don't want other guys to, uh, I don't know her situation. I just knew that she was single at the moment. So I was like, I need to let her know that I find her attractive. And the only way I'm going to do that is by kissing her. And so we're dancing and all of a sudden I just kiss her and she's just not even ready for it. Um, And we go, I go for a kiss and then I, I pull off of her and I look at her reaction and she just looks at me and she's just like, okay, what, what happened there? And I was like, Oh, okay. Well she didn't slap me or anything. And she's not saying anything bad guys. If you kiss a girl and nothing bad happens afterwards, they don't tell you to stop, you know, leave me alone or I'm not for that or whatever. You're in the clear. You made the right decision. No matter whatever reaction they give you afterwards, just assume that they're kind of at that point questioning like, whoa, what happened? What's, what's going on? What all the events that led up to that moment are catching up to her the whole time you've been preparing for this and you've been, you know, thinking about the step-by-step process on how you're getting there. And, or some people don't, they just go for it. And you know, the recklessness some people have, of course that works sometimes, but most of the time it doesn't. But if it really is, you really feel that the moment's working out and you've had this really long engagement with someone and you go for the kiss and they don't reel off of you and tell you to get away from them and that they're not attracted to you and that they're not looking for that right now, you're good. You're golden. And so when I looked at her, clearly I could tell that she was confused about what happened, but she didn't say anything bad. And I was like, okay, perfect. So I just need to go back to dancing again and not bring any emphasis to it. And then, so she was like perplexed looking at me like, what the heck just happened? So we're dancing again. And then I go for it again. This time I could see like a little bit of hesitation because maybe she felt like we were moving too fast. It's very conservative, the culture in Colombia. And so like, I didn't make anything of it and I go back to dancing and I go for it again. And this time she's open to it and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Awesome. And so at the end, uh, I, 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 I'm like, Hey, like I need, a, it's getting late. Let me take you to your, like your parents place. Most people when they're, um, like in their mid twenties until they marry, technically they, they're living with their family. It's just the culture out there. And so she was living with her family. And so I dropped her off at the building. I didn't ask to meet her family. It was so late anyways. Um, I left, I come and I tell Angela, I was like, dude, it, it worked. Like, Oh my God, we had a great day, whatever, whatever. And he was like, what happened? What happened? Blah, blah, blah. And I tell him the whole day and he was like, wow, oh my God, really? He was like, you were shy and he knew the type of guy I was. And I was like, yeah, I know. Weird. Right. And I was like, I don't know. There's something about this girl. I want to get to know her a little bit more. I was like, let me, uh, I'm going to come meet you at your office. She, she works there. Right. And he was like, yeah. I was like, maybe I could stop by after work and, and, and meet up. And so I told her if that was, she was cool with that. And she was, and so we went on some more dates. The dates kind of happened after, her after she got off work and the second time i meet up with her uh i only meet up for with her for a second i make the excuse that i'm gonna go uh hang out with my cousin and so i i meet up with angelo and i say hey what's up and, and me and her talk for a bit and we're catching up give her a kiss again and and her she was like my dad's waiting for me and i was like oh, okay because her dad worked close to where she worked and so Sometimes she wouldn't have to take the bus. She could just, when she got off work, she would just t- ride with her dad when he got off work. And so when I, she was like, do you want to meet my dad? And I was like, yeah, I'm not shy at all. Like, I, I, like I'm not shy. Uh, I always feel like I'm a great guy. So like, you know, I'm great with parents and normally I am, but I've had some crazy stories with parents that I'll have to share some other time. But, um, 
I meet a, I meet her dad, and she's just assuming that I'm just gonna say hi, hello, and nice to meet you, Mister Mister uh, Rincon. Uh, and she she was like, when I um when I meet him, I'm like. Hello, Dad. Nice to meet you. Hey, I just want to let you know. I I just knew that I had to break the ice and let him know that, like, I'm you know I find his daughter attractive. So I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know your daughter's really attractive, and I really like her. And Catherine was like, What are you saying to this guy? This is my dad. And he started laughing. And and thank God too, because her dad is a very, um, he's really a great guy. He's so down to earth and he's just, he's a laughable guy. And so me and him clicked immediately. And I was like, Oh, great. Awesome. The dad loves if Dad loves me. That's all that matters. Now I just need to figure out, you know, how I'm going to meet her mom. And, and you know, we anyways go off and then we have about two more dates. And finally on the fourth date, I do the most awkward uh, like we're hanging out, we're having lunch. We go see a movie after the movie. I tell her I, I'm at this point, I'm just like four dates in. I'm like, I want her to be my girlfriend. I don't want to risk losing what we have. And I don't know if there's any other guys out there. Like I'm asking her, but she's not, she's being very vague. And finally I'm like, Hey Catherine, uh, and, and I, I'm not going to get into how awkward it was, but I really, and this is how I know that I was attracted to her. And how this really meant a lot to me. When I asked her out, I asked her out in the most pathetic way I've probably ever asked a person out. And I've, my other two girlfriends I ever asked out, I they were, my second one was perfect. I nailed it to the T. I think she would give it a 10 out of 10 on how like we started dating. My first girlfriend, this was my first ever girlfriend. And again, I was an introvert and I was 18, never dated a girl, never had a sexual relationship with a girl, didn't know anything about girls. So I was such a big introvert. And when I asked her out, instead of telling, like doing it how normal people do it, I did it in a weird way, like a Ted Mosby way from How I Met Your Mother when he first met Robin. Um, by the way, one of my favorite series of all time. I feel like I'm a mix between Ted Mosby and Barney Stinson together. And now I'm a marshal. I'm definitely a marshal now. So um, it's so funny how I've just my life has evolved in, in such a way that way but um i literally told my first girlfriend i was like you know i she needed a ride home one day and i'm taking her to her place because we work together and i told her and i was like telling my coworkers, and they were like dude just ask her out or like you know take her on a date they were like you're why are you making this so difficult and i was like no dude you guys don't understand blah blah blah, blah. finally i get in a car and i'm feeling the pressure and she doesn't live too far so i know i don't have that much time and so i I let her know how I find her attractive. And this is my first way of doing it. I told her, Hey, Crystal, I love you. And she looked at me and she was like, and I, at that moment I kind of went white. I was like, what did I just say? Oh my God. I barely know this girl. And she laughed. She laughed and she actually liked it. And we, and then we started dating from there. And so, um, God, that was the worst way to ask someone. But anyways, I really feel like this one with Chris or uh, with Catherine was um, really bad. Like the the whole delivery was horrible. It had to be so bad because uh, when I asked her out, she told me she was like, "Hey, um, I want to think about it." And I've never I've never had that said to me. I've I went two out of two. One delivery really bad. The second one delivery really great. This third one was awful. And so when she hit me with, let me think about it, I was like, whoa, what? I mean, like, literally, we've been hitting off great. You've been talking, me and you have been talking, you know, over the phone, hanging out. And I I just, I wasn't ready for that. I've never been hit with something like that. And so I was like, okay. I was like, that's, I was, I I wasn't prepared for it. I just had this mentality that was like, my interviews, like me landing on an interview, I've never lost a job once I made it through an interview. Every single time I've gone interviews, like, I don't know how many jobs I've had in my history, but I think it's like 15, 15 out of 15 for sure. Never lost a job once I made it to an interview. I've had many applications not make it anywhere, but every single type of job I've applied for, and I've been in every type of profession you can think of, every type, every type of profession. My work history should be its own podcast, and I, I should talk about it. 
But I knew that, you know, once I made it to an interview, locked in. I'm confident. I'm good to go. I know what it takes to, to have a successful uh, interview. And so I kind of had this mentality as well with asking girls out. I was like, you know, obviously it wasn't like 15 and 15, but I was like two and two. And my first one was horrible. And this one at the time, I didn't think it was bad, but reflecting on it now, it was really, really bad. Um, it wasn't like, I love you. I don't know. My first and third, well, they're out there on like my worst ways of delivering on asking someone out. And so when she hit me with that, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I totally respect that. And I, I bet she could just read it on my face. That, like I was like disappointed. I was trying really hard not to show that, but um, I, at that point, I just didn't know. I was so confused at that point. I was like, did I come off too aggressive? I Like, I didn't know the culture, and I went back, and I, I told my cousin, and he knew that I was planning on asking her out that day, and he was like, hey, how'd it go? And I was like, she told me she wanted to think about it. And he was like, oh, dude, don't worry about it. She's That's just the type of person that she is. She's probably talking about it with her family, and I was like, talking about it with her family? What, what are you talking about? No, dude, like... She's an adult. He was like, no, dude, it's like the culture. And she has that kind of relationship with her family. And um, I was just like, no, no way. There's something else. There has to be like another guy. Like I was like bothered the entire night. I couldn't sleep. It was so annoying. Damn you, Catherine. Anyways, um, finally, the, the, the next day she was like, you know, before I make my decision, I was like, what this decision? We're, I'm just asking you out to be my girlfriend. And she was like, my mom wants to meet you. And my uh, my mom wants to make sure um, she does, she's never met you. And normally when I start dating someone, like my parents meet the people I, I date. And I was like, okay, fair enough. I was like, you know, I'll get in front of her parents. I mean, like her dad already likes me. And so... Um, she had a, a brother as well. Her brother, it's really cool. I love her brother. Her brother is really awesome. Just a smart, he's a musician, um, brilliant guy, super smart. And his name is Danu. Uh, is Daniel, but we call him Danu. And um, I ha- I didn't meet him until that point, like going there. So eventually, I I went one night. I schedule a time to go to her side of town and I get let inside. I meet her brother for a little bit. He seems really cool. And then there, there they are her mom and, and her dad in the living room or yeah, in the living room. And when I, when I finally realized it and she explained to me too, she was like, you know, I just want to let you know, my mom is very tough and she is very tough. Her mom is very protective of her daughter. And I'm not to say that her dad isn't either, but her dad is just really just go lucky, really nice guy. But her mom, she hit me with every question possible. An interview. It was an interview. And so when I felt like it was becoming an interview about me, I was like, oh, dude, I got this in a bag. And I I know too because Catherine was probably expecting me to be very defensive when her mom was asking me very difficult questions. And she was asking me some really good ones. And my rhetoric was just perfect. And then at the very end, I told both her dad and her mom, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, whether you guys like who I am or not, I really do like your daughter and I really want to date her. And so I'm at this point, I think I'm 26, maybe 27. And when I, when I tell them that with confidence, like I tell them like, no matter what, I'm going to date your daughter. Um, and they saw that, you know, I was very honest with every single question that they asked me. Um, they were like, okay, we trust you. But if you ever do something bad to our daughter, you know, she, we're going to tell her to leave you and this and that. And I was like, yeah, completely understand that. You know, a hundred percent agree. Uh, I was like, that's not my intentions with her. I'm, you know, I'm really, you know, I, I'm attracted to your daughter and I think just she's really great. And so, we became boyfriend and girlfriend from that point forward. Like a uh, year went through, we went multiple different adventures, six months into our relationship. I wanted her to meet my family. So I was like, Hey Catherine, you know, do you want to, um, do you want to go to Florida to meet my family? I wanted her to meet my family and see where I grew up in New Smyrna beach. Um, it's a beautiful area in Florida. And so one summer I told my parents, my parents were super excited to meet her because we would just Skype called the whole time. And, um, my mom was eventually planning on coming to Columbia, but when I told her that I was coming over there, <laughs> my parents are so funny. They, 
they have every means to to always be able to meet me anywhere at any time, but I always seem to feel like I always have to come see them. Recently, though, after having my daughter, it's been different. Now I, they're forced to have to come see me. And now with COVID-19, they're hating the fact that they can't see, see me now. But prior to that, when I was single, no, it was either if you want to see us, you better come come and see us. My mom, not so much. My mom sometimes would make like the most out of nowhere surprise visit when I was living in Orlando. And sometimes I'd be like, mom, you got to let me know that you're driving an hour to see me. What if I was like doing something? And she was like, no, you are not. And I was like, okay, wow, mom, thanks. That's the type of mom I had, but <laughs> I love you, mom. Um, when I, I introduced Catherine to my parents, they fell in love with her immediately with my other girlfriends. They were hesitant. They were very hesitant, but with her, they fell in love with her immediately. And I was like, okay, well, her parents at this point, they've gotten to know me pretty well. I hang out with Catherine all the time. And so I, I'm always at her place. And, um, but to see my parents engage with her in such a way, I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. Like both of our parents, like the other person, you know, immediately they didn't have a problem with them. And so I was like, wow, that's really strong. And so, and she falls in love with where I grew up in. And she, um, we had a blast, you know, took her out in the ocean, took her jet skiing. I wanted to throw her off the jet ski, but she didn't want me to. So I didn't. And I just showed her the lifestyle I had when I was living in my, my, my area. It was so different than what, what she's accustomed to. And I took her to uh, just a whole bunch of areas in Florida and Eventually we came back. It was really dreadful for us to come back. <laughs> and I could tell from her and I could, uh, and, you know, her family though wanted to see her and her family they're They always feel empty when they're, when they don't have their kids around they're, It's like that. They have that strong of a relationship. Catherine's family is, I, I really respect the love that they have for each other. Her, her brother, her mom and dad are so close. They're nothing is ever going to separate them. You know, right now, even probably as I'm doing my podcast, she's probably talking to her parents and uh, she always makes it a habit to do that on a daily. And I respect that. That's something I could probably do a little bit better as well. I'm, I'm not the same way. Um, but so when we get back, I kind of have this, I see how she reacted to being in Florida. At this point, Bogota is not my favorite city in Colombia. There's plenty of other cities that I, I do love like Medellin and and other parts but it was like the timing was working out perfectly because i um the the dollar when i first moved to colombia the dollar was pretty weak and which sucked because when i was converting my dollars to pesos i wasn't getting as many pesos colombian pesos but then all of a sudden the dollar started to become very strong again as the economy started to get stronger and stronger and so what i was making in colombia was pretty much becoming less and less of value when I was trying to send money back to myself and in, in the States. And so I was like, this is stupid. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally my value of what I'm making. I either have to ask for a raise, a three X raise, which is probably not going to happen. Or I'm just going to have to suck it up and just make less money, I guess. And I was like, I'm not for that. And then I started to like entertain some conversations with Catherine. I was like, Hey, you know, in the future, like if we ever were like, very serious with each other. Would you ever entertain like coming to America for a little bit and, and staying out there? You have a visa. You can stay out there for six months. And she was like, yeah, I'd be open to it. And I was like, you know, and who knows, maybe you could even get a job out there. Um, in the future, if you marry me technically, like, um, and she was like, marry you. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just saying in the future, if this works out, you know, um, we were dating for, uh, up to that point, like when we were having this discussion for almost a year, uh, going into a year and a half. And I was like, though, if you do and you are able to work in the U.S. because, you know, once you marry me, you're able to get a green card. That's just one of the great things um, that I can offer to you technically. Um, and I don't mean like offer like in that sense. So I just mean like the opportunity for for people. There are people that are always trying to become Americans, right? And they uh, clearly, because there are a lot of people that come here illegally or fight really hard to try to go through and navigate the the complicated legal system here in the States. It really needs to be streamlined. Trust me, we had to go through it and we did everything exactly how it was supposed to be done legally. And that process is hell. It is, is so dreadful. I eventually, we did it. We tried to do it ourselves and I had to get an attorney because without an attorney, the process was just, 
we paid all the money, we did all the paperwork right, and then the correspondence, the government kept claiming that they were sending us information about what they needed more from us, and we were not getting this correspondence. And it wasn't like you could just get on the phone with the US uh, USCIS, who's uh, the United States Immigration and, and whatever, whatever. Anyways, um, when you get on the when you try to get on the phone with them because of like security reasons, they're just not able to access your file. The only way they can correspond with you is either uh, they send you a mail, and then you could try to challenge whatever they're trying to send you by scheduling a date to go to one of the local offices. But you can't just show up whenever you want. You have to make a schedule, and you have to have a good reason to see them. And so uh, everything's like super tight lipped and everything, and and. Finally, after multiple inquiries of trying to get them to tell us exactly what it was that they were requesting of us, by the time I find out what it was that they were wanting from us, it was too late. They denied our application and we had to resubmit everything. I was like, I'm no way am I going to pay, you know, nearly two grand again to go through this process all over again. No way. And I was like, I'd rather pay an attorney. I'm just going to go pay an attorney. And so we found one of the best immigration attorneys here in Las Vegas and man, he's been nothing but a lifesaver actually for us. Um, Darren, we love you. Thank you so much for helping us throughout the process. Literally, the moment we got him, a month later, she had her green card. <laughs> he re- he like he was like you know with my clients reopened their case. Blah, blah blah. Here's some paperwork. Whatever whatever. And then a month later, we had it. I was like, wow, holy shit. Um, you know, you were totally worth it. <laughs> the stress. I mean, me. I felt so bad for her. I, I just didn't understand it at the time. But I, like after a while, I, I do empathize with just the stress that she has. She was the whole process was just so stressful for my wife because she didn't know if they denied her. If they denied her, you know, essentially she had to overstate her visa. They would have had to kick her out. I would have had to go to Colombia. We would have had to do this process at the U.S. Embassy in Colombia. Wait to get that approved. Wait to get. Uh, and so like we just had a lot of like negative news. And so I was like, no, screw this. Like I'm not. I was like, you know, Catherine, we're just going to get an attorney. He's going to take care of everything. Let's just get this off our backs. And, and yeah, it was just a huge burden and lifted off of, for the both of us, especially her. But anyways, I'm entertaining this idea. This, this, I'm speaking way in advance in the future. Sorry, guys. Um, and she she's open to it. I was like, okay. And then my best friends who had traveled with me initially to Columbia had – uh, through their own, when they came back to the States, through their adventure, they went from Florida, they lived in Texas for a little bit, and then they made them uh, made it all the way to Vegas, and they stayed there for a while, and they enjoyed it, and they were doing really well. And in the course of me talking back and forth with my best friend, he was like, dude, honestly, your personality, and you know, he was like, you would kill it out here in Las Vegas. Just come out here, just apply for where I work at, I could guarantee you'd probably get a job instantly. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like, you know, Vegas, I've been there plenty of times. I, I, I enjoyed it, you know, having fun there. But the idea of living there, I just didn't know what it was like living in Las Vegas. I mean, when most people think of living in Las Vegas, uh, people are so funny when they're like, where do you live? Like on the Strip, I'm like, not everyone lives on the Strip. You know, it's more than just a Strip. There's residential areas outside Las Vegas. That's where most people live. You'd have to be insane to live on the Strip because it's just so costly. I mean, the only reason you're doing that is really you're just chasing the status um the social status from it and i'm not i don't need to do that um and so uh we come to florida i i still had the only thing that i had left over was my car my brother was paying the payments on my car while i was living in Colombia, and he was driving it but he eventually wanted to he didn't want to have the car anymore because he was living in my hometown and you really don't need a car out there and so he was like my parents essentially i was i went back to paying for my car and i was like well i mean i might as well just take the car back and so when we came to florida i told Catherine, i was like hey do you want to make a drive to las vegas and she was like las vegas uh sure i was like let's i have you know she had uh we had video chatted with my best friends for a few times and she met them they hit it off really well and I was like, let's go live with them for a little bit. And she was like, okay. And so we packed up our luggages into my car. And I told my mom, I was like, hey, mom, we're going to cross-country drive to Las Vegas. Don't ever do that. Don't ever drive from Florida to Las Vegas. It is the most dreadful drive ever. Um, I did all the driving myself because um, my wife doesn't drive, which I, I respect 100% because I would never want to drive in Colombia. You would die instantly. 
Honestly, it's so crazy. There are no laws out there. It is, I don't know how people don't die every single day driving. They say if you, I can understand why my mom drives crazy. My mom was a wild driver. You know, even when, since I was a kid, my, my friends would even say like in my small hometown, they would be like, oh my God, your mom drives all these fast cars. And she's always like getting out of speeding tickets. The rumor has it, she's always getting out of speed tickets and this and that. I'm like, oh my God, mom, <laughs> you're known as a crazy driver in my hometown. But, um, and I, my, my, my enjoyment of driving really fast actually comes from probably my mom first and anything else. But, um, so I do all the driving. It's 35 hours of a drive. Luckily I have stops along the way where I, there's friends in Austin that I stayed with and I enjoyed, uh, you know, my time in Austin when I was doing, um, the coaching, the dating coaching, I was working out of a company that was based out of Austin. So I knew I had a lot of friends that lived out there. So I had reached out to one, asked if we could stay there for a bit. And he was like, Oh yeah, of course. So we drove, uh, we went from Florida to New Orleans, um, from Orleans to Austin and then from Austin to El Paso. I mean, that was the worst drive ever from Austin to El Paso. I should have done Austin West. I just thought, you know, if I take the El Paso route, it would have been a lot faster because then I would go through Arizona and then we would stay from El Paso to Arizona. And then from Arizona, we would then go to Las Vegas. I hated to drive from Austin to El Paso. I was like, screw this. Um, we're just going to drive from El Paso straight to Vegas. I don't care. Like if I'm going to be tired at the very end, like I got to this, like this drive is like literally in the desert. My dumbass, I didn't bring any CDs or or load any music on my phone. The, the when you're driving down the southern border of America, it's nothing but desert. There's no radio service. The only radio station we could hear was like on and off was a Mexican radio station. And it was like not even a good Mexican radio station. And then the other one was like, I don't know, it sounded like a government station. It was weird. And no internet, no cell phone service. Oh my god, it was the worst. The worst. And then, I mean, Catherine's sleeping. And then we, I brought a video camera and we were detailing the trip, but there was nothing to detail for that fucking 16 hours of a drive, that last bit of a drive. It was the worst. We, to this day, we laugh about it. When, <laughs> I'm like, Catherine, get a, get a video of that. She's like, oh my God, that's just another mountain. I was like, just get it. Like, let's, we just need to document this. Just trust me. And we have it documented. Um, but so anyways, uh, we, we make it to Vegas and I'm staying with my best friend literally within a week. Um, he was telling me he, like, he works for a company called wet, wet Republic. It's like a pool party here in Las Vegas, a, a really big one. And he does promotion work for them. And he was like, um, he was like, you know, you should apply there. And I was like, uh, I want to go somewhere else possibly. And he was like, well, he was like, I honestly don't have connects at two different clubs. You should apply there. And then what we could do is we can exchange traffic with each other. And I was like, what two clubs are those? He was like, Dre's out of the Cromwell and Marquis out of the Cosmopolitan. And I was like, okay. I went to Dre's first and they had a, their pool party was going on then. I went, I made sure to go on a weekend because he told me that was like the best time to go because that's when all the staff are there. But I didn't like, I would, I was just dressed up nice and I was just with my wife and we were just, I mean, Vegas was new for her. So we were just walking around all the different hotels and it had been a bit for me too. So we were just going through all these new hotels. And so finally, when I walked through to Cromwell, I made sure to just stop by. I had a resume on me. Uh, I talked to someone there. I think it was Nico actually, who I talked to at Dre's. And he was like, you know, if, if we're definitely looking for someone, they'll reach out to you. I was like, okay, perfect. That same day we walked to the uh, Cosmopolitan I walk up to the ropes and I asked for a manager there, a promotions manager. And they came up to me and they were like, I was like, you know, I was just wondering if you guys are hiring. And they were like, actually, we are. Are you able to have an interview next week? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so we had an interview scheduled. And the next week I got I got my job, you know. And then from there, I worked at Marquee pretty much four and a half years. That was a crazy lifestyle, pretty much being a promoter. I'm working my way up through there and then eventually getting fired twice from there and then still being able to be rehirable. <laughs> it's the only job I've ever been fired from and the only job I've been fired from twice. And 
still rehirable both times. <laughs> I guess they love me over there. But um, I told myself after the second time, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be in that industry anymore. It's, you know, once you get into it, I don't know how I have friends that still work in that industry. I mean, I know why. The money's great. Uh, but it's just so bad on your health. It really is. There's just a constant drinking. It's just horrible. And actually, it was just horrible for our relationship, too. Our relationship went through some ups and ups and downs, the most they ever did when I was working there. And finally, when I left, it was nothing but... When I left Marquee, it was uh, so many great stories, so many great experiences, so many great networking opportunities. I wouldn't even be where I'm at here in the city anymore if it wasn't for all the people that I met in, in the city. Um, and so I always recommend to people if you're, you know, not in a relationship and you really want to, you know, develop your Rolodex and meet a lot of people. And that's like something you're open to doing, get into promotions here in Las Vegas. It really, I mean, not right now because the city's shut down, but it's great money, like phenomenal money for not that much work. Just don't ever get into drinking. It's nearly impossible, but just if you can never, like if you're a person that just doesn't ever drink, this is a perfect place for you to be. You can meet so many people from like college kids all the way to billionaires. And I mean, I went from a Rolodex of like my Facebook at the time was like 150 people on my Facebook and then it jumped up to like 1500 people. My, I didn't even have an Instagram. My Instagram jumped up to like 3,500 people. Um, it's just it's a different lifestyle. It's crazy. Uh, but it just, as I was doing it, I just started to, to lose the appeal and the drive for it. I just saw how much it was affecting me personally, my health, my mental state, the way I looked at things. And so I was just like, I kind of allowed myself to be fired both times. I mean, I really, if I wanted to, I probably could have fought both times. And I think they saw that too. And so they always believed in me and, and they always put me down for rehire again. Um, but the moment I left, it was nothing but perfect for me and, and my wife and our relationship, you know, and I think any good relationship, there's always those ups and downs. And there's always that point where there's a lot of turmoil and a lot of, um, issues that arise, but bless my wife. She's always been super patient with me and she always believed in me. Um, and to that, I mean, I, I, there's, plenty of women out there 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 is honestly anyone would be lying to themselves to say that you know statistically you um there's not someone out out there for you there is i mean there's six and a half billion people out there they say that the average person will meet no more than ten thousand people in their entire lifetime like meeting face to face getting to know someone ten thousand ten thousand out of 6.5 billion is nothing it's point oh point oh oh one percent if that of that total number and so you're never going to meet every single person. And so there's someone definitely out there for you. Um, you just have to understand that when you do find that right person, that you just can't, no matter what, lose that person. Because take it from me, I almost, I, it almost came to that point in our relationship. And, and luckily we were able to, to come from it. And all due to you know, me and my issues that I had. Um, and luckily we were able to work through it and um, now our relationship is, is super strong. We're a dynamic duo. My wife is so awesome. She's, she's uh, where I, where I'm the conversationalist analytical problem solver. She, um, and that's got a, a mouth that won't shut up ever. My wife is an introverted, creative, uh, multifaceted individual. That is the biggest loving person you'll ever meet. Every time I've introduced my wife to people, they fall in love with her because there's nothing to not like about my wife. She's, if you get to know her, she's just always a caring person. She's never, she doesn't have a bad bone in her, not a single one. And so, um, and one of the things, one of my biggest fears was that my choices I was making eventually would tarnish that. And I just didn't want that anymore. And so the best thing I could have done was just to get out of that industry. And now we're great. Now, oh my God, we're both parents. We love it. Our daughter's awesome. The, our, our, honestly, I'm sorry to say this to other parents, but our daughter is like the best daughter ever, honestly. The the best everything. I mean, the cutest, the funniest, the the smartest. The, I mean, honestly, she if 
you guys could see my daughter, which you'll probably never do unless you personally know me. Because <laughs> um, I, I just want to protect her. She is amazing. She's she's the life of she's our life pretty much. Like I mean, I've waited for this moment for so long, and my wife didn't really realize it until the moment she had her. Just how amazing it is to just have a daughter like we do, and we never take that day ever for granted. But I never would have her if it wasn't for my wife, you know, and I just. Finally, I met someone where I really, truly feel like, you know, we can have a future together. Like, I'm getting old. If you met Jason a long time ago, he would have never told you that. Of all my friends, all of my friends, all of my friends that I used to go out with all the time, they, and they'll all vouch for this, not one of them ever thought I would ever get into a relationship. That's the type of guy I was. That's the type of guy I was because I just had so much fun being by myself. I just had a blast being reckless, being... You know, it was just the way I I lived my life for the longest time. And so when I, when I was the first one out of the group of guys that I hung out with to be in a relationship, it blew their minds. They were like, what the hell happened? And I'll never, you know, at first I was like, maybe is this the right move? And I'll never regret it. Honestly, I love her so much. Um, and yeah, the rankings will be my daughter first, my wife my mom <laughs> and the women that are most important to me in my life, you know? Um, but she's just always been, she's been there for everything and she's willing to jump on any adventure with me. She is hesitant a lot, but when I'm like, let's go, she doesn't stop it. She just goes with me because I, I think she knows that, you know, we only live for so long and to go on an adventure is something that she needs to do. And when, when we made this commitment to come to the States, it was something new for her. It was, it was super impactful for her because the culture is completely different. And she was willing to do that with me. And it just, I don't know. I, I, I guess when you guys finally meet that one, that one person in your life that just through the ups and downs, you're the thick and, di- and thin and, and it's willing to just always still, you know, believe in you and, and appreciate who you are and, 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 no matter how many times you say you want to start a project and you start it and you never get it off the ground and they still believe in you. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I I wouldn't trade that for anything else. And so Catherine, I love you. Um, this podcast is for you. Happy anniversary, uh, to every, everyone else. Tomorrow is Sunday. Tomorrow's Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to do for that podcast because that's kind of a, in between the, the new, way we're going to be doing the podcast uh tomorrow i will be announcing the subject matter for what we're going to be talking about and uh yeah i mean it'll be it'll be an interesting podcast i don't know how long this one went for oh my god wow (laughs) an hour and seven minutes and seven minutes that is so crazy anyways on that note um thank you guys for listening to this if you wanted to to learn more about it if you did listen to this i love you guys that means you guys care about you know people that i care about and to me that just means a lot to me but um again i just i want to thank everyone for for being a part of this with me know that this is still a learning experience for me and i hope that you guys can continue listening and being patient with me i know i i can see the potential in this I know that it, it can get better. I just need to get, you know, find my, the rhythm and the structure that I want to abide by. And I'll, I'm going to work towards that. And I'm going to make that commitment to myself and to you guys. And I'm not going to not do these daily. You know, there have been people that tell me that, you know, I could take a break. I'm not going to take a break. You know, <clears throat> I could talk forever and ever and ever. And if my, if my podcast can't prove that, then I'm just lying to myself. So uh, I love you guys and I will catch you guys manana. Peace.